new trades are still flying off the shelves and I can't keep up. Here is what happened in the league this week. First, there's a large trade between the Reds and Yankees, seeing multiple names moved. The Reds received Tyler Soderstrom, the Oakland catching prospect that is projected to probably move to first in the future. He's a 64th ranked spec in Specville, along with 35th, according to Baseball America, being known for his 60 hit and power grades, but a poor 40 field. He's also projected for around 71 points this year in our league. They also receive Alaris Montero, the Rocky first baseman slash third baseman, who's projected for around 100 points and is on a $1 R2 contract. Uh, next, they get Jesus Sanchez, the former Marlins spec, uh, with with power, but a question for playing time. With Jazz moving to center and other spots being clogged up with Avicio Garcia and Jorge Soler, yet he's projected for 152 points this year on the first of a three-year contract at $4. Lastly, Oakland gets pitching prospect Ken Waldachuk. He's projected to be the 150 spec in Specville but was the A's second overall prospect last year with a 65-grade fastball and three other above-average offerings in his arsenal. He's projected for some major innings this year and a point total of about 232 with the A's. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Dan of the Yankees is a new guest on the pod. Since his team made the most trades this week, he definitely gets a spot on here. Um, yeah, on, on that side, I mean, obviously, just a lot of young guys and a lot of kind of rookies moving. Um, I think the the kind of projection is a little bit low on some of these guys. I think Soderstrom's probably going to play a lot this season. Um, obviously, the A's have kind of sold literally everyone at this point, so I think it's a good chance he plays a fair amount um, this season. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up as an R2 next year, um, just off the number of at-bats. Um, yeah, and really, this side doesn't matter as much, I think, because you know, we got all of the – um, you know, major league guys back um, in this that are going to make a big impact this season. Um, all the guys that, you know, are traded on this side of it are just a lot of specs for next year and the next kind of three, four or five years. Oh, yeah. I, I do agree that Soderstrom could get some more innings because, I mean, Seth Brown uh, has moved to the outfield and probably will get traded because the A's are trading anything they can. And uh, who did they, did they sign Jesus Aguilar to play first? I don't know. Exactly. Uh, I think that's right. And they have, uh, I think Manny Pena's, uh, supposed to be their catcher so it wouldn't surprise me if I started from is supposed to move to first it wouldn't surprise me if he gets some catching innings yeah um because i think they only have one catcher on the 40 man right now um yes. so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he catches some have to put some love out there for jesus sanchez the messiah out here okay he, he was definitely our most asked about player we had no less than four people ask, for, ask <laughs> available and it was just like i don't know i guess we'll I, this is before the draft even we said oh i guess we'll resign him and then eventually now he gets traded all right and then on the other side the yankees get the best player in the deal at jose altuve the star second baseman is coming off a great year and on a one-year contract at 37 dollars, projected to get 512 points while possibly being the best starting second baseman in the league this moves albies to a utility spot and one of the best players there now as well reese hines also came over in the deal a reds power prospect with some contact questions he was unranked in spec phil but was the 18th ranked reds prospect led by 55 power and 60 arm Lastly, Andrew McCutcheon was sent over also on a one-year contract at $14. He's re-signed with the Pirates and should get everyday run in the outfield at DH this year as he is projected for 318.3 points. He will replace Friedel and move him to a utility spot, making this lineup on the more making this lineup more deep as they continue to make a push this season. So give me your thoughts behind this trade. Yeah, I mean, obviously we got the best guy back in Altuve. 
um, which, uh, spoiler alert, he's involved in another trade later on that we'll get to. Um, but yeah, we got the best guy back and um, boosted our outfield because we our outfield is kind of questionable at this point. It's just a lot of guys who have a lot of potential, but nobody that's going to like for sure just get the at-bats throughout the year. Um, so getting McCutcheon back was really nice there. And we had a, kind of a choice of a few different guys for um, like an R1 to include. And um, Reese Hines just seemed like kind of the kind of highest upside of the options that we had um, to kind of balance the trade out. Um, so we ended up going with him. I, I like Reese Hines. I know he's unranked. Uh, he's kind of a high ceiling, low floor. Yep. He could he could hit for crazy power or he could never make it. But, I mean, if you're going to have a shot in the dark, you might as well get one that has a good ceiling. Yep, exactly. Uh, so that's the first trade that happened. Uh, next, we have a trade between the Phillies and the Rockies. You receive the Phillies selling off even more pieces as they look to cash in on next year's miners auction, receiving $18 at cruise cash for the two players that are getting ready to get mentioned. Uh, so the Phillies, not get, sorry, the Rockies get Brandon Crawford, the oldest shortstop in the league with everyday at-bats, but still effective. He's $8 from the auction and projected to be just under average at shortstop with 308.8 points and slides in over Jose Iglesias, fixing a large hole on the Rockies' offense. Next, they got Trent Grisham, who has struggled the last couple of years in San Diego and is a $13 player from the auction. He's projected for 327.3 points this year, as his glove will keep him in the lineup if he can finally figure out the bat. This will deepen his lineup and looks like he's looking to make a run to the playoffs. What are your thoughts on this one? I don't know. I don't get some of these like cruise cash trades because like some of them, it looks like the cruise cash is like really carrying a lot in the trade. And then there's ones like this where I'm like, okay, you kind of like, you get two kind of below average players, I would say. And obviously both on, I, I can't remember if they're both on one year deals, but Brandon Crawford is like 85 years old. And um, I can't remember if Grisham's on a one of one or. Uh, both of these uh, were just from the auction. So they can either extend them or. Okay. Go. Yeah. So they can resign Grisham if he ends up doing well this year, but. I don't think you're resigning Crawford. So it's like, I don't know. I, it just seems like a bit of an overpay for sending like essentially your whole 20, um, you know, the $18 of cruise cash over. So and I, I just think like you can probably get a better player for like that. Plus like a prospect or somebody, but um, you know, it fills the holes that they need, but I just think you can get a little bit more for the cruise cash, especially at this point in the season, you can just hold it until later and get a lot more, I think. Yeah. I'm sure people will be desperate to trade the line. I probably should have looked up to see, uh, Everybody's cruise cash. I don't know if the Rockies maybe got some in a trade earlier. Cause I mean, when the offseason first started, everybody obviously just had 20. So 20 was the big number. But uh, people could have upwards of 30. We even see Kevin now trying to use his cruise cash to get a spec. Okay. And the next one, we have another Yankees trade. We got the Reds and Yankees linking up, uh, which contained three players and no money. Uh, the Reds received Tyler Nevin, the former Orioles third baseman that saw just 157 at-bats last year and only a 560 OPS. He was DFA'd and picked up by the Tigers. He saw some success at AAA last year, slashing 291, 382, and 479. Projected for 92.5 points this year and as a gamble. It seems the Reds want to take as he's only $2 from the auction. Um, and then I'll just I'll read the rest of this trade. Uh, you all got uh, Mike Ciani personal favorite of the players that I've seen in person in the five or so years, the last five or so years. Good arm plus speed, which will lead him to get some playing time in the Reds outfield. Last year, he only played five games uh, in the bigs and had a 333 OPS in those at-bats. Uh, he's unranked in specville, but was a 26-ranked spec last year at 23 years old. He's led by his 60-run arm and field grades, but below average hit and power. 
You also got Cannon Smith and Jigba, the Pirates outfielder who played three games and only had five ABs and an 829 OPS, but it's too small to project anything off of. He missed last season with a wrist injury. He's unranked in specville, but was the 27th ranked spec for the Pirates last year with middling grades throughout. No real carrying tool. He looks to be a fourth outfielder as his ceiling is more likely a quad A player in the future. Uh, both these players could see run and depth pieces in their respective outfields, and it's always good to have darts on the board for playing time. Yeah, this is uh, – I think I kind of mentioned it before. Um, I mean, it was before the pod that, like, the Reds, they have just so many R1s, and they're both going to trade for more, and so they were just, like, some of these, like, depth R1s, like, just want to get rid of them. Um, so we, you know, sold Tyler Nevin for it, and Nevin actually was a fab pickup week one. Um, so we didn't get him in the auction. It was just $2 a fab we just threw at him. Um, and then end up turning that into like, I think kind of two R ones with some good upside. Um, Siani for sure. I think has, um, some decent upside His hitting isn't great, but he's going to get a ton of at bats once he gets into the majors. Like everything I've looked at is like, Oh, this is a future gold Glover. Like he's so fast. He had like, uh, either 60 or 70 steals in the minors last year between, I think double A and triple A, um, which is just insane. Um, and so even if he isn't hitting super well, it's likely he's just going to be playing center um, in a couple of years. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of at-bats just having that kind of glove. I agree. I mean, his his ceiling is probably something like, I would say, like a Kevin Kiermeyer, Michael A. Taylor, something like that. I mean, Floor could be just a quad-A player, but uh, his defense is a carrying tool. Someone's always going to give him a spot on the roster. And I personally don't know much about Smith and Jigba, the Pirates outfielder. He was he's at cool. one point supposed to be a prospect, and he got hurt. But I, I haven't seen him. Yeah, he's a, he's a quad eight type guy, um, kind of just a filler. Um, it's very likely, I would say, that we end up cutting him after the season. Um, but it, you know, he's going to get some major league time. I would say this year. Um, he got a little bit last year, just a couple games. Um, so he has a he has a shot, which is kind of in general all i'd look for and like that kind of like r1 just because like you know if he sees the majors and does well he might you know end up carrying a little bit of value or if he just bounces out it's really easy to cut him and you know you're not losing anything after the season oh yeah i agree uh so next is the first uh real big trade. not that the altuve trade wasn't big but we had a couple uh this is the trade between sean and perry's giants and joe's dodgers First, uh, the Dodgers got back in this trade $20 in crew ca- cruise cash, setting them up to make some morbid purchases in the auction. Uh, they got Taj Bradley, a highly ranked pitcher from the race system. He's ranked as the 42nd ranked player in Speckville and 44th on Baseball America's list for 2023. Uh, having seen him pitch in person, I can tell you he is a dominant force with great pitchability and an arm to look out for in the future. He's led by a 65-grade fastball and 60-grade cutter and control. Um, the next player joe got was Emmett sheehan a starting pitcher for the dodgers in real life he's 190th ranked spec in specville sheehan was a 21st ranked spec in the dodgers organization at the end of last year showing their depth he spent most of the year in high a pitching to a great results uh, led by a 65 grade fastball and 60 grade change a good pitch mix to project as a starter braxton garrett was also sent over a starter from the marlins who in 17 starts pitched to a 3.58 era with 90 k's and 88 innings pitched last year projected for around 180 points and is on $4 on the first year of a two-year contract. Lastly, they got Chris Bryant, a historically good player who dealt with injuries last year. He's now slated for a full season of ABs in Colorado. He's on the second of a four-year contract at $31. His 408.5 points make him an above-average outfielder, two in our league, and you have to think that he is right back on the block as the Dodgers are looking to move any value for future assets. 
So how do you feel about the side that the Dodgers got before we talk about the Giants? Um, I think you got a lot of stuff and it's like, um, I don't know. Let's just, let's just talk about the whole trade first. I have more to say just about, because like the other side really matters, like the Acuna contract, which we'll yeah. get to, I think it's like a huge part of this. So let's just kind of go through that first. On the Giants side of the deal, they got one of the best players in the sport, Ronald Acuna Jr. Although maybe the most polarizing figure in our league is he's only, he's on an $87 contract and this is the only second year of a four-year deal. This is a definite win now move as it really hinders their auction budget for the next few years to come, even if they drop him, unless they find a willing trade partner on the offseason. He's rejected for 552.3 points, which is 1.4, 1.54 standard deviations more than the average outfielder one, making him a true star in our league. Giants also got one of the best young pitchers, George Kirby. He's projected for 292 points and will slide into their team as the fourth starter of a deep staff. The Giants are growing. He's on a $1 R2 contract and barring injury should get a max extension after the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's all kind of framed in this reference of, you have Acuna at essentially $90 um, next year and you get Kirby too. The way I look at this basically is you get Acuna is basically the cost of two players in our league. I mean, there's only, uh, I think two other players where you couldn't just combine them with one other person and just get his contract. Um, and so you're looking at it, you're paying, you know, 50 for Acuna and then like another 40 for um, Kirby. And it's like, okay, is that, is that worth it on the contract side, which I don't know if either of them are going to be able to live up to that amount necessarily. Um, because Acuna is there for three years, unless you're going to cut him. Um, and on the other side, you're giving up a decent amount. Um, Brian's contract is not great. He's thirty-one dollars, but I think he can like he's performed at that level before. For thirty-one dollars, it's worth it. Um, and he's in Colorado, which is favorable too. Um, obviously, I I just saw some stats. He hasn't had a home run in like 180 at bats there, or something ridiculous. But if he turns it around, I think that's a you know he has a lot of good upside there. Um, and I think the prospects are pretty good um, that the Dodgers got back. Um, my first reaction to this was that the Dodgers just got so much um, in this to get rid of Acuna's contract. Like I was, uh, my mind was pretty blown that they had gotten so much out of it because um, it was just Acuna's contract is just so massive. I know you get Kirby in the in the deal, but again, like if it's fifty dollar Acuna and forty dollar Kirby, I don't I don't think I'd want that either. That's just, it's just so much. Um, money even split between two players um where Kirby's good but I don't know I don't know if he's a top five like pitcher in the league and that's what you're paying him as because I think if you look at it like Scherzer and DeGrom are all around that $40 level and that's what you'd be essentially paying Kirby for and then you'd be paying Acuna as a you know top three outfielder which is right at that 50-ish mark which is where like Judge and Soto are at um and Trout they're all kind of right around that 50 mark I don't know. It's just it's just a lot of money in in two players, um, and a lot to give up to get them. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I I think honestly, it's kind of a. I understand both sides. So from uh, the Dodgers side, obviously, he wanted to get rid of that contract. Uh, with just freeing up that contract, that makes him a real force in the auction next year. I mean, he just freed up eighty seven dollars. I mean, I know he got. He got back the Chris Bryant um, contract, but someone at the trade deadline or even now is going to trade for that because I'm um, you finding someone who's projected for over 400 points, someone's going to want, and he's obviously selling. Uh, Taj Bradley is a great pitcher. I mean, he should 
should get innings this year, and uh, he's not even really looking to compete this year, so I can understand that. But from the Giants' side, Acuna is obviously going to put up crazy points. Is it going to be 552? We don't know where he's at health-wise. I mean, I know he played well in the winter leagues and stuff, but we haven't seen him perform for 162 since that injury. Uh, And George Kirby is obviously a great pitcher. He just performed really well in his rookie season. And now uh, he's just, he's on a team that's trying to compete and he proved that he can do it. But with the Cunha contract, it does set them back. But as it has been proven twice now, all of us calling it untradeable and it's been traded twice in like a month. So people are willing to take it on. And I, I bet they could even find someone to take it on before the auction, a tanking team that could have seen what happened this this uh, off season. I mean, that, that shows that it is movable. It may not be easy. It takes some talking through, but uh, it's not an untradeable contract. And at worst, I'm sure they know the risk and they may have to eat it. But if you're pushing for it now, it's hard to find a player better than Acuna. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, that we were talking about uh, Andrew McConer and I, we were talking about that, you know, if you take Acuna on, like, it's almost like you're just guaranteed to tank the year that you have him. Uh, going into the draft just because it, it, it handicaps you so much in the draft having a third of your um you know money taken up and just one player um it's so hard to come out of the draft and try to compete unless you have a lot of really good r1s or r2 contracts that's really cheap contracts along with them um i think uh, you know, like you said selling them is possible but like like you saw here you have to give up kirby like to go with him so you're you're giving up some really great contract just in order to get rid of the Acuna contract. Yeah, I'm pulling up the Giants roster just to see. Um, I mean, most of their players here are not expensive at all that they have on contracts. Um, like they have Patrick Sandoval for $7, Rasmussen for 4 Sonny Gray comes off, Stroman comes off. Uh, they bought Kalanick for 17 in the auction. All of their expensive players are uh, being sold here. I th- they have one more year of Mitch Hanniger at $20 and Brandon Lowe at 32 But other than that, I mean, it looks like depending on the season goes, they can go in any direction. So, I mean, for them, they're one of the few that I would say the Acuna contract was you could take it on. It's not like they have a whole bunch of high-level contracts that are going on to the next couple of years. Yeah, you can do some stuff in draft. It's just hard because even with those like three guys you mentioned, that's still well over half of your draft dollars gone in like four players. Yeah. Um, just because Acuna is at that $90 mark. So it, it just makes it really tough to compete when you have to bring that into the draft. Yeah. Let me get this back over here. Uh, their, their minors are good, though. They're projected. A lot of them projected to graduate this year. Uh, so, I mean, I, I see I see both mindsets. I think it's it's going to be a polarizing trade. Obviously, everybody's going to have differing opinions on that. So, next, we have a trade between the Phillies and the Oakland Athletics. This is the judge trade. Uh, The Phillies receive a decent haul of prospects here. Uh, First is Cole Henry, the 160th-ranked spec in Specville, and the Nats' sixth-ranked prospect. He has a 60-grade fastball and three other 55-graded pitches, giving him a true starter's arsenal in the future. He's only projected for 22 innings from the projections. We could see more than that this year, as someone has to pitch innings for the Nationals. Uh, Blaze Jordan's next at 109 in Speckville. was the ninth-ranked prospect for the Red Sox. I saw him play a couple series, and he has plus-plus power by the eye test, especially for his young age. This is shown as he's led by the 60-grade power, but I would say it's higher considering that he hit 30 homers and at a 289 average and 463 ABs. 
Uh, Nick York, another Red Sox prospect, is also on the move in this deal. 95th ranked prospect in Speckville and the Red Sox fourth last year, being led by a six-year hit tool. I saw him play and he did not impress me, but it was a small sample size. Yet he only hit 231 in high A last year. Um, then there's Garrett Mitchell, the Milwaukee outfielder projected to get some playing time. Uh, he's projected for 239 points. He is, I think that's supposed to be 138 in Speckville and was the Brewers fifth ranked prospect led by his defense abilities with 70 speed and 60 field and arm. Also, they received $15 in cruise cash. Do you want to talk about his side or just get the whole? Uh, we can just get the whole thing in. Uh, Headed back to the A's are a couple prospects and some Yankees. Uh, first is Herberto Hernandez, a race catcher turned outfielder who played for the Hot Rods in my hometown this last year in high A. He ranked as the 392nd prospect in Speckville and the 16th ranked for the Rays. He put up good counting stats of 24 homers and 28 doubles along with 89 RBIs and 419 plate appearances, but he did not pass the eye test with constant Ks and no defensive home position. He has 60-grade power, which is his carrying tool. The other spec is uh, Jason Morabell. A Rangers outfielder, uh, 313 in Speckville, and the Rangers 15th ranked prospect. Uh, the 19-year-old put up good numbers across two levels last year, slashing 313, 391, and uh, sorry, 319, 391, and 455 between rookie ball and low A, but has a large drop off as he's moved up. He is led by a 60-grade arm and average, average tools across the board. Yankees pitcher Domingo Herman is also on the move. A terrible person, but a passable pitcher. He's projected for 163 innings and is a good bet for a depth arm in this league, as all arms are precious. He was a $8 purchase from the auction. Lastly, Aaron Judge, the home run king of the AL. He was a mere $50 after the year he just had. He's projected for 603.5 points and is now more than two standard deviations better than the average starting outfielder. This move makes the A's a serious contender for the AL. Uh, for the AL West, which I am not a personal fan of. This fixes the one negative position they had in their offense and moves Tyro Estrada from, to outfielder two, now making him an above average at his position. Yeah, so obviously Judge was the big get. Um, obviously the best player in the trade. Um, I think it's uh, it can be tough because, uh, you know, you're kind of trading at him at peak. Obviously he had such a huge season last year. And at the $50 salary, um, it's pretty unlikely he's going to get re-signed at that, uh, maybe just for one year, uh, potentially. Um, I, just, I think this was pretty even, actually, um, overall. I mean, you get the best best player in judge on what I would say is a, like a good I guess a good one-year contract um, and at a price where you could definitely re-sign him for a year, probably, and then potentially sell him next year if you're looking to or compete again with him. Um, and then, obviously, the $15 cruise cash going back the other way and just a lot of... Uh, I would say kind of good to above average prospects um, on the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good trade. I I think maybe you could have got a little more for judge if you held out longer, but I understand the position that he's in and he's trying to make sure that he gets a value now where everybody has something to trade. Uh, I mean, Aaron judge, you can't not trade for him if you have the opportunity. I mean, I don't, the specs he got obviously weren't as good, but I, it probably was just a trade. The Phillies probably didn't have any more room. It was just a swap for specs for specs. Garrett Mitchell could be good. I don't know. He's just, he's really a defensive outfielder. Uh, Blaze Jordan and Nick York, uh, high rated Red Sox prospects, but uh, they're high variance. I mean, Blaze Jordan could have a lot of swing and mix. Nick York was supposed to be really good after his year he had. Um, 
and then he kind of bombed in high A. I don't – he could be good, but no one knows. So, I mean, I think overall the Phillies got some high ceiling prospects uh, for Aaron Judge, but I think the A's getting getting Judge in general is always a win. And then Domingo Harmon, just having depth in the pitching is always going to be a positive. Uh doesn't really matter who it is. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's somebody that's going to eat, eat a lot of innings, um, which just means you're just guaranteed points there. Um, so I think it's always good to just have guys that are guaranteed innings over the season. Yeah. All right. So I think now we got uh, the Yankees making another deal as they linked up with yet another one of my division rivals, the Angels. The Angels receive Jose Altuve, the best player to position, coming off a great year and on a one-year contract at $37, projected to get 512 points. They just got him, and he's on his way out of out with the Yankees' revolving door of players. He fills in at second, fixing one of their gaps in dominance, uh, moving Luis Garcia to a utility role. role. They got they also got Hayden Wesneski, the now Cubs pitcher, who's projected for 90 points this year, but I personally feel we'll get more than that with the Cubs' pitching depth always in question. He's a 139th-ranked prospect uh, and was the Cubs' 12th-ranked prospect, led by his 60-grade fastball and slider. Uh, you all got Brian Reynolds, one of the most – team-friendly contracts in the league, one that I personally gave out. He's uh, $13 with two years left on his contract I was this year, projected for 466 points and is almost uh, 0.5 standard deviation better than the average outfielder one. This deepens their outfield, which was their weakest offensive position. They also get uh, the more – they also get promising SPs in the league, one of the more ones. He has now been moved twice this offseason. Kyle Wright of the Braves, 21 pitcher, projected for 368 points and an above-average starting pitcher two in the league while also being $36 from the auction. He will slide in their team as SP3 by projections just behind Montgomery and lengthen the staff focused on depth rather than high-end pitching. So what's your opinion here? Yeah, so the biggest thing was upgrading our outfield with this. Um, for Altuve, he was either going to be second base or utility for us. We already have uh, Albies. Um, so both of those are, I mean, I would say probably top three, top four second baseman um, as far as fantasy goes um, for this year, that is. And it was like, all right, well, this opportunity came up and get Brian Reynolds and, you know, ship out Altuve. It shores up our outfield. It gives us uh, a lot more kind of flexibility um, with our with our lineup, with our outfield. Um, one of the players we have is uh, Brendan Donovan. So he was like forced into an outfield spot just because we were so shallow at the position. So taking on uh, or getting Brian Reynolds really gives us a lot more flexibility. We can move around, uh, move Donovan around a lot more. Um, between Reynolds and Altuve, um, when you look at like contract considerations, I think they're pretty even um, as far as like how good they're going to be. Obviously I would say Altuve is the better player, um, but getting Reynolds for $13 um, and then, you know, on your, was it uh, two of four or one of three um, this year is huge. Um, you know, he's going to be great for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to have to fly through this next deal, which is mine, so that's fine, and then touch on something else because I forgot to sign into my pro account, so I got three minutes and 57 seconds before the meeting shut us off. Uh, the last trade uh, was an in-division one between two teams that should be bitter rivals. After last year, the Angels and my Mariners. Uh, the Angels got Jake Fraley, the Reds outfielder, on a one-year con- one $4 contract as he needs to replace Brian Reynolds and bat in this lineup, projected for 324 points. It was on my bench and did not crack my lineup, and I saw a chance to make a slight move for the future. He also got Carson Seymour, an unranked spec, 
Uh, and the Giants, 29th ranked spec, a 6'6 right-handed pitcher led by a 60-yard fastball. He pitched a 3.08 ERA in 111 innings across two levels. With more than a caper inning, he shows feel to get outs but struggles with control as his lengthy frame leads itself to get out of sync and delivery. Good pitcher to bet on this year to break out. Uh, I got Nick Gonzalez. He's 90th in spec bill, 5th ranked prospect of the Pirates. Spent a year in double-A for the Pirates and is led by a 60-grade hit tool. He was a masher in college and in high A in 2021, but struggled for his standards in 2022, hitting just eight for an 8-12 OPS. His power has become a question, but a bounce back could also be on the horizon as it felt was a decent time for a buy low on a past top 100 guy and a top 10 pick in the draft. So what are your what are your thoughts here? I'll give you about two minutes. Uh, I probably won't even need much. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a fine trade going both ways. Um, there's not a lot of... Uh, probably it's not a huge move um you know you get a a decent outfielder it's going to get a lot of at bats on a on a good contract um you know just four dollars and um i'd say a, some kind of high upside guys um as far as the minor leaguers go um but yeah i mean it, it was this, this was the smallest trade by far we had some other like you know four four guys for four guys or something like that earlier um you know it's a much smaller swap here with a good a good prospect going one way and a cheap contract going the other one. Yeah. And then uh, the Reds Blue Jays trade that just happened as I was starting this up, I just didn't want to write it up. So it's going on the weekend one. So you'll have to tune in for that. Uh, but this has been the transaction update two here with Dan. Uh, and we will see who comes back on this next time. Could be Dan, could be someone else. But uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow,